You made it to the Hidden Gems podcast, the podcast that highlights the journeys of small business owners, entrepreneurs, and creatives through conversation, interviews, and storytelling. Tune in every Monday for a new episode where I drop major gems, or at least my guests drop major gems. All right, today I have the owner and founder of the higher group and higher alignment. He is a life coach and his name is Aaron. And Aaron, I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce yourself because I love the way you introduce yourself on your lives. So I want that. (laughs) Okay. Well, I got it for you. My name is Aaron. I am a certified life coach, mindfulness and meditation practitioner and mindset guru. If you catch me on Instagram, I bring you the tips, tools, and techniques that you can use in order to create a positive shift and transformation in your life. Um, so that is what I do. Yes, I love your intro. Every like every well, you do your lives every day at seven. But yes, I, I go live through Friday at seven. Yes, Monday through Friday. And I get on every now and then I try and pop in. That's usually like that in between like bath dinner time. So like I'm usually like watching my kids in the bathtub, but having you on the phone <laughs> So I'm trying to multitask with that, but I love your live sessions and your intro is like flawless. I need to get better with that. So Aaron, what we're going to do is we're going to do three random questions. Um, Normally I pull the questions out of the bag, but somebody, probably one of the children that live in my house, dumped all my questions out. I don't know where all of them are. I had like two in the bag. There was like, they were scattered on the floor. Papers were ripped. It was just a mess. So I have (laughs) some questions for you. So the first question is, what has been your favorite vacation or what was your favorite vacation? So it's so funny because I only have two actual vacations that I have ever taken. The first vacation I took, one of my friends, uh, one of my high school friends, He was like, okay, just put this date on your calendar. We were supposed to go to D.C. for the Cherry Blossom Festival, and we were going to New York. We did end up doing that, but we didn't make the Cherry Blossom Festival um, because we were just, you know, going around partying and, you know, having fun, doing what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was fun because he now lives in Texas. I'm from Indiana. We had another friend from who was already in D.C., and then I am in Georgia so we all flew and met in D.C. And it was the first time we really had seen each other since high school. So it was really, really exciting. And um, a lot of my friends know I don't often travel or go on vacation. So okay. I really felt like supported by my friends because it was something that I really wanted to do. So that was great. And then I, last year I went on another vacation Mm -hmm. Um, so I met my friend from New York. We both flew to Texas and then we met in Texas and we then flew to Los Angeles. So we spent a few days in Los Angeles, um, probably about four days in Los Angeles. Then we flew to New York and I spent maybe four days there. And then I flew back to Atlanta and it was wonderful. Um, it was my first time seeing the beach as an adult. And actually, I know it sounds crazy, but it was kind of scary because I didn't expect the wind to be like so powerful and to just look out on the water and there is no land mm-hmm. anywhere. So, you know, not having experienced anything like that, like looking out into the ocean. And it was just very, very new. But that was a very exciting vacation. I, I loved it. Okay, that sounds fun. So your vacations are like, multi-destination vacation <laughs> <laughs> you know i guess you could say 
I guess that's the dream. That's the way that it's been. But I guess because since I don't take vacations that often, mm-hmm. um, I try to make the most out of my time because I have a dog. Right. And it's hard for me to get away because I have to find someone who can keep my dog, who oh I trust, God, yes. you know, set everything up. So I, I'm not just free. And I'm pretty sure you know this as a mom. Yeah. You know, when you have other responsibilities, you can't just get up and leave. Yeah. You know, how you get up and leave. You don't have that luxury. Yeah, that is so true. And so another fun fact, I have two dogs. So <laughs> when okay. we... Okay, sorry, no. <laughs> we... <laughs> no. So I don't go on, like, I go, I'll go on, like, vacation, and I'm doing, like, air quotes, like, once a year. And, I, and I've only started doing this since I was 30, and I'm only 31. So, like, when I turned mm-hmm. 30, I went to Arizona with my college roommate. Well, she lives out there. And we went to the Grand Canyon, and we did casinos, and we did all kind of stuff out there. So last year was COVID, so we didn't get to do... It was no, I did that vacation right before COVID. And then at the beginning of this year was COVID. So I didn't do anything this January. But we're going in October and we're going to the Redwood Forest. So like we basically just do all these um <laughs> we do like national parks. That's what we have been joking about because we're always planning trips to national parks, which is weird, but that's what mm-hmm. we like doing. So <laughs> we're going to the Redwood Forest this year and um San Francisco. So it's a multi-destination vacation because we're both going to meet in San Francisco. We're flying into San Francisco and we're going to drive up to the Redwoods for a couple of days, then drive back down and hang out in San Francisco for a little bit and then leave. That's so exciting. Like I love nature. Yeah. Um, and I know the Redwood Forest is going to be like an amazing experience. Oh, Those yeah. trees are so old and they're so big. Yes, and- yes. Um, just to be able to be in that environment is going to be life-changing. And how was Arizona? Because I know that in Arizona, there are a lot of like, well, from the people who I, you know, my environment, if you want to call it, mm-hmm. there's like a lot of energetic vortices and like spiritual places and yeah. things like that in Arizona. So that's one reason that I've always wanted to go there to get that like, energetic experience of being there yeah arizona was great i loved it like love love loved it i don't know what arizona has going on but like when i got there i immediately felt like this weird sense of calm and then we were we went to like a crystal shop that my mom had went to when she was out there and she was like you gotta go there so i went there and like spent a lot of money on crystals like a lot of my bigger stones that i have and that are like more raw cut i got those from arizona and i love them like love 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 them (laughs) um so i i highly recommend you go to arizona uh we were in phoenix so we were in phoenix then we drove up to the grand canyon so we drove through like flagstaff and all that stuff and it was so cool because in phoenix it was hot like super hot you know, you see cactus everywhere and all that stuff. So we got the Flagstaff and it was like mountains and snow and it was like 19 degrees outside. And then we got to the Grand Canyon. It was like, <laughs> it was like mild. It was like 50 degrees, but it wasn't too bad. And we hiked around for a couple hours, but they have this really cool, um, it is this like ghost, it's a ghost tour, or something, but it's not really ghost. Um, but there's a, what is it called? Phantom Ranch. I think that's what it's called. It's in the Grand Canyon, and you only can get there by, like, entering yourself into their lottery and being pulled. So you'll never know, like, until you know that you got it there, and you just have to be, like, ready to go with your reservation and stuff to get there. And I want to do that 
before I leave this place. <laughs> Cause it's like, oh. it's so it's down inside the Canyon. It's a ranch and they like hike you down there. So you have to like, I think you have to walk down there. Um, but you have to take the trails with like the tour guide. So that's something I want to do. <laughs> uh, amazing. Yeah. So look it up. I think it's Phantom Ranch. I believe that's what it's called. Okay. So my next question, Aaron is if you had $100,000 in a drawer right now, what would you mm-hmm. do with it? What would I do? Yep. I'm going on vacation, like we already said. <laughs> I'm going to go somewhere like Bali or Lapagos, yeah. um, like somewhere. I always wanted to go to an island, but like a far away island where there's like crystal blue waters and they're eating mm. like chocolate fruits picked fresh from the tree. Like that just excites me. And it's something that I always wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so I had that amount of money. That's what I'm doing, especially yeah. <laughs> just because of all the stuff that's going on right now mm-hmm. for COVID. And then I just feel like it's an interesting, we can call it that time. And a lot of, pe- in a lot of people's lives, there's a lot of people going through like transitions, mm-hmm. moving jobs, even like family things and relationship things. And I just think perhaps this is just a time to really, take it easy and really find a way to satisfy yourself in the midst of all the chaos that's going on. Um, so that's definitely what, what I would do. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good plan. I'm still thinking about what I would do. I don't know, but Bali has always been a place that I have wanted to go. So we might need to go to Bali together because. (laughs) And I see many pictures of it on Instagram, like, um, a lot of people, I'm not sure if it's just become the, that popular place, mm-hmm. but I see a lot of Instagram pages, it's a lot of people talking about it. Maybe that's why it's on my radar. Um, but I've always wanted to, to go to a place like that. Yeah. Um, it just seems like the ultimate vacation spot, at least for me. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's so pretty there. There's so much to do there. Um, mm-hmm. And I think i saw a picture of like some I think it was like a bridge and it was like up in this in the rainforest like on these trees and I was like oh I just want to go there yes yes yeah Yeah. okay Aaron my last question is what book are you reading well my last random question what book are you reading I have a collection of books that I'm always reading (laughs) so I have like four or five books one book that I'm reading now is called um oh my goodness i you know, I forget the title. I want to say it's called Rest. It's about Yoga Nidra. Okay. Um, and Yoga Nidra is a practice. Sorry for the helicopters in the background, if you can hear that. Oh, no. I don't know if, I don't know if you can hear these kids in the background at my house, though. So. Uh, <laughs> it's about Yoga Nidra. It might be called Restful Sleep. It's actually, I'm near my bookshelf, but my books that I read are in my room because I have a bookshelf in my room as well. Okay. Um, but, but it is by Tracy Stanley, and Tracy is spelled with two E's at the end. Mm-hmm. And Yoga Nidra is a practice, um, and it relates to anyone who has followed my um, my masterclass, my workshop series on dream work and uh, lucid dreaming for personal development. Mm-hmm. Kind of got insight into this. But Yoga Nidra is a practice where you enter into sleep. So yoga of course means to stretch and there are different types of yoga there's not just the asana yoga that everybody is used to 
um, in yoga nidra, you're entering into sleep, but you're stretching your consciousness, your awareness into these different states of conscious consciousness where it normally wouldn't be. So it does also involve being lucid in your dreams, but it also involves being lucid in the hypnagogic state, which mm -hmm. is the transitional phase between um, wakefulness and sleeping. And then also um, extending your consciousness into the dreamless sleep state. Okay. Um, don't have any dreams but you are asleep and typically we experience that as like a blackout right. and that's because most of the time we're operating from this egoic perspective um and the ego cannot go into the dreamless sleep state so typically if you're not used to maintaining awareness outside of your ego or what the ego can perceive then when you enter those other states of consciousness, you experience a, a sort of blackout because the ego can't go there. Okay, wow. Um, so that I am reading that I'm very, very interested in. And um, I'm reading another book by Robert A. Johnson called Inner Work. Mm -hmm. And it's also about dreaming. It's using dreams and active imagination for personal growth. Um, so those are the, I would say those are the top two books that I'm reading right now. Okay. Wow. Though I'm interested in this, this yoga one that you were just talking about. I'm like, wait a minute. So what? We can't do what? <laughs> Stanley, I like, I like her work. This, I believe this is her first book and I like her because she's, um, she's a black woman Okay. and I often see black people or people of color represented in this type of community even though most of the tradition comes from places like india mm -hmm. or like um pakistan and uh you know cultures where the people are people of color but in western society most of the time when we're getting this information we're getting it from someone who's uh caucasian mm -hmm. so it's just very nice to have representation yeah. and it's very important to feel represented and see someone who's like you and they can relate to you and you can relate to their background so you kind of get this perspective of it um that you can really really identify with yeah um so that's why i was really excited about this book i pre-ordered it so um and she goes through a lot of the history of yoga nidra the background she gives stories but she also gives tons of practices and then there are even there's even a website through the publishing company that you can go to and she narrates the practices because yoga nidra most of the time um someone is is guiding you through this process so you're you're gonna lay down mm -hmm. um, and they're going to guide you through progressive relaxation and guide you into this sort of sleep dreamy imaginative state of consciousness where typically you would be about to fall asleep it's like someone guiding you into sleep but you're like maintaining this thin thread of awareness and the awareness is um the thing that is constant while the actual states of consciousness are going to change so you're going to change from the waking consciousness state and you're going to go through the hypnagogic state and you're going to go into the the dream state and these other states of consciousness but you're maintaining awareness um so it's a very very subtle practice because it's taking you from the gross 
the gross parts of your um, experience, like your physical body and what you experience in the waking state. And you're going to start to be more aware of your emotional body and your inner energetic bodies. And um, you're going to start to really like disassociate with the physical world, but go into these other states of consciousness. Um, so it's supposed to actually help you achieve what is called samadhi. And samadhi is a state of consciousness where your attention is focused on itself. So it's more like being aware that you are aware. And most of the time we're not doing that. Most of the time we're not aware that we're aware and we're focusing on some external or what, what seems to be external, some external phenomena, things that we see, things that we taste, touch, hear, smell, um, things that we perceive in various ways or thoughts that come up or judgments that you have. Um, but when you enter this state of samadhi, you're really releasing all of those things and you're coming into this place where you're just existing, where you're just existing and you let all of the external phenomena go. Okay. Wow, this is so interesting. Okay, you're so knowledgeable about these things. <laughs> <laughs> I, and you know, so it is very, very interesting, but I've had a lot of these experiences through, through just life, you know, it kind of started happening to me when I was younger. And then mm -hmm. as I got older, I wanted to actually cultivate them and be able to access them without it just, you know, being an accident. So yeah. you know, I give people my personal experience. Yeah. I love that. I love when people can like realize when they're younger or recognize when they're younger that things like that like are like happening to them or they're experiencing I guess not otherworldly things but you know what I mean like you understand when you're younger that you experience uh or that you can feel energies or things like that and then you don't let that go away when you become an adult because I feel like a lot of people go through that when they're kids and they think it's weird or they think something's going on with them and so like as they grow into adulthood they kind of train themselves not to be in touch with that anymore so I think that I love that about you. <laughs> so the book I'm reading right now is The Richest Man in Babylon. Um, it was recommended to me. But it's by George uh, S. Clayson. Clayson. Okay. I've never heard of that, but I'm definitely going to look it up. Can you um, tell me like a little bit about it? Like what, what's going on in this book? So um, it's a, I guess it's a book about wealth. Uh, it's a story. I just literally just started this book though, Aaron. Like I'm probably, I think I'm only in like the first chapter. Uh, so it's a story though about a man who's trying to figure out how to make money from what I've gathered so far um, but in Babylon he's in Babylon and Babylon was like one of the richest cities in the world at one point or something like that and mm -hmm. um, everybody in the city was wealthy but it's talking about I guess from what I've gathered so far it's talking about how it's not necessarily wealth as in money but just wealth as in they knew how to live off of their land. They knew how to, uh, I guess, barter with people who had different trade sets than them and all types of things like that. So that's where I am so far. But I literally just started this book. Um, I started rereading the Bridgerton series <laughs> because I, I'm i obsessed with... Um, I realized like in my adulthood, I'm obsessed with not British literature because 
it's not what it is, but just like I love Harry Potter, have always loved Harry Potter. That was based in like the UK, Bridgerton Mm -hmm. based in the UK. Like these are things that I could read over and over again or watch over and over again with no problem. Like to the point where I have memorized things. (laughs) So like I, that, that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. But, um, so I reread, I reread, started rereading the Bridgerton series and I am on, um, Benedict's story which is Benedict was the second to oldest brother. Have you watched Bridgerton? Yes, I loved it. I binge watched it. And when it, when it did, I was just so upset, you know, Uh, but I feel like I'm get I get that way about a lot of series because I'm like, no, I don't want it to end. Yeah. (laughs) So like, if you didn't want to end, like I didn't want to end, then you definitely should read the book series. But like reading the book series makes me appreciate the way that Shonda has them like casting the movie and everything that they do in the movie. It ha- I mean, not the movie, the TV show, so much more. So I would highly recommend reading the Bridgerton series of books um, because okay. they're, they're really good. Benedict's story is my favorite story, though, so I will probably reread his story like five times. I'm definitely going to go ahead and uh, get that probably today yes. because I'm looking for a new book that's not really nonfiction you know, something that I can read for, like, entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, read a lot of fiction, you know, just because I like the story. And uh, and then I start to really transition into nonfiction. But every once in a while, I need, you know, something nice to just not be so serious about yes. everything. The next, so the real questions are, now we're getting into the real questions. <laughs> real question. All right, so when did you start being a life coach? How long have you been doing that? You know, I've been doing it for less than a year. Okay. But um, I have been doing a lot of this personal development work and helping people out change, changing their habits and changing their perspective. I've been doing that for a very long time. And I don't even know how long I've been doing it because I was just on my own mm-hmm. personal development journey. Right. Just growing up back and growing up queer, I had to really find my place and find my space in this world and in this society in a way that was going to uphold my life and my as I call it my ultimate well-being which is what I advise people to find you know find a way to uphold your ultimate well-being and um so I just went through a lot of these negative personal experiences Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure a lot of people can relate to that where you just don't know how to relate to yourself how how to relate to other people, how to relate to the world. So I really had to figure that out. And then once I started doing that, a lot of my friends and family and really anyone who I, who I met, it just seemed like they would always ask me questions, uh, you know, and I, I always have been a person who's big on activities, yeah. you know, so I do like reading, I do like researching, but I think that it's important to put that knowledge to use and actually apply it in your life. Mm-hmm. So um, one of my first experiences was um, doing a, a project called the Happiness Project. And so for one year, you dedicate your life towards self-development and self-improvement. And you set it up the year before um, and you break it down by months. So you pick 12 different areas in your life that you would like to improve. Okay. And so... I strategically did that, but I ended up doing it for like three or four years because it just changed my life so much in that first year. 
And so I really kind of started to develop my own system through trial and error and through all of my experiences. And then I started to expand it. So people who would come to me asking how should they, you know, think about certain experience or what should they do? I try not to give someone an answer, but I try to give them tools that will help you investigate your own experience. And how do you feel about this? And does it uphold you? Does it uplift you? Does it work for you? And what things you could do differently to bring yourself into alignment? So I started doing that and everyone was telling me, oh, you should be a life coach. You should be a life coach. And honestly, I'm a very introverted person. I don't like people being in my business. Mm -hmm. And so because I'm like that, I don't necessarily like being in other people's business because Mm -hmm. what I found, and this is one thing that I do talk about in life coaching is you give people permission on how to. Um, And so I find that if I am really invested in other people's life, um, you know, being nosy or being inquisitive, it kind of gives them the okay to be like that towards me. So I try not to do that. So I'm like, "Mm, I don't know about that because I don't, I don't like people being in my business. I I don't like being in other people's business like that. Right. Um, But then when COVID started, I said, okay, well, you know, like a lot of people, I'm working from home in my nine to five. And I say, if I come out of this period and we're at home for a long time and I feel like I haven't done anything with myself or done anything with my life, I'm going to feel upset with myself. So I said, you know what? Let me apply to get a certification. So I went through a certification process. I went through a program and I got my certification in professional life coaching. I also got a certification in um, instructional design. Um, so how to how to systematically make courses and classes and how to like I don't want to say how to teach but basically how to teach like how to set up a class for people you know paying attention to your audience and what they need to learn and how to break it down how to build a lesson plan how to guide them through um, these different tools and methods so that they will actually be able to absorb the information. So I kind of combined both of those together and, um, you know, I started my business. Okay. That's what's up. That's, and like, you know what? I think a lot of people kind of had a similar mindset in the COVID. They were like, you know, I, if we're going to be at home for a long time, I need to come out of this with something. Like I need to figure out something for myself because I think a lot of people, haven't been able to do that prior to COVID because we all were kind of caught up in the rat race. Like we're all like, okay, I got to go to work, got to pay bills, got to get groceries, got to come home. Like, you know, I got to take care of my family, things like that. But in being home for a while, I feel like a lot of people have birthed their own businesses and their own like life plans and things like that. People started to realize like what is important to them or even just to get the time to evaluate what was going to be important to them. I think that is so special and I'm glad that a lot of people are there and I'm glad that you got to do this. And um, just fun facts for everybody. I met Aaron. I think I feel like I met you through Instagram, but I met you kind of through Cree. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cree. And she's been on here before, right? Yeah. She's been on your podcast. She has, she has, she is uh, one of my, one of my returning guests. (laughs) She comes on quite often. I haven't had her on in a while though. I feel like I need to call her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She comes on quite often. So, um, that's, that's great though, Erin. That's an awesome story. 
Uh, so what challenges have you had? So you did mention that, you know, your, some one of your challenges has been like not being too into people's business because you don't like that. But what are some other challenges? Um, challenges, do you mean like in my overall life or just, yeah. you know, in my business? In your business. I mean, if you want to share your challenges in your overall life, that's great too. But like, I mean, mainly kind of in your business. In my business, well, I mean, I'm just starting, so there are a there's a learning process, you right. know. Of course, I want to get to that place where I have thousands and thousands of followers. Right. Um, so right, less than a thousand followers. Right. So I'm really just learning how to scale my business, especially through like social media, which is very very popular these days. So my business is really social media marketing focused. Mm-hmm. Um, that. I go live that's why I hold all of my workshops especially the digital space is you know essential these days so I think the biggest challenge is just learning how to operate in that digital space um and learning the actual business tools and techniques because I've never had started my you know this is my first business um so just learning how to really operate on a day-to-day basis but also as we talked about at the beginning finding balance because i've been going live monday through friday since october of last year and the time has blown by so fast but now i'm getting to the point where not that i'm running out of ideas or anything because i think that there's always ideas but it's just about me being able to actually still dedicate time to myself because Mm -hmm. typically in the evenings I'll spend two or three hours doing my own personal development work, doing my own reading, doing the energy tools that I am teaching people how to use. I, I don't just teach people how to use them, you know, like, and not actually use them myself. These are my personal practices and things that I have experience with. But as I am going live more and more, um, I have less time to actually do my work. Right. So about finding that balance. Right. That is so important. And yeah, we did talk about it earlier. Like <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm good at balancing just personally, but I do feel like it's getting to a point where it's like it can start to be overwhelming and I'm starting to feel really tense about a lot of things cuz I'm like I mean, like, I don't want to feel, and for me, because I have kids, I don't want to feel tense with my kids because I'm tense about having to pump out this podcast episode or having to complete this audio book by this deadline or then having to do things at my regular job that's, <laughs> that's funding all of these other little side, these little passion projects that I have. So, like, for me, it is so important to find the balance also, and I definitely understand what you're saying where you're coming from I think that's something that a lot of people when they get into becoming entrepreneurs or starting their own business I don't think that's something they really think about like when you're when you get to that point where things start to pick up and you're like oh I don't think I can do all of this by myself like (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's definitely like that because I'm making a lot of you know like posts and mm-hmm. i have to actually even like you like the graphic design you have to i mean it, it you don't just like push a button and a post pops out you right. know and you don't just push a button and your your whole course schedule or your class schedule workshop and even your podcast it's not just like oh let me just sit down and you know it takes days it takes time it takes planning it takes effort and energy so um, it is definitely a lot more intensive than what I thought it was going to be in the beginning. Right, right. And you have a podcast. 
I do have a podcast. It's called Higher Conversations. Yes. Um, so we're actually on break right now. Okay. Um, did our first 11 or 12 episodes. So, yeah, and that was another thing. So, you know, adding one more thing onto my plate. At first, I had my weekends free. Now I do my podcast on Sundays. Mm-hmm. So it's ooh, one more thing. Yeah, I understand that. That's why I try, like, I, and I'll, and I will, I am notorious for overbooking myself. Like, I will book, 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 book. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can do that. I can do this. And then I'll be like, shit, I forgot. Or, damn it, like, like, oh, my God, I'm supposed to be at home right now so I can do this interview. And I'm not at home. Like, that happened to me last week. I was like, mm-hmm. I, and so, like, I'm frantically, like, emailing this man. And I'm like, can I please reschedule this interview? I'm so sorry. I just didn't realize I wasn't at home and I was supposed to be there. And he was like, no, it's no problem. Like, most people are more forgiving than you would think. But yeah. it's just like, I don't want that to be me. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to be able to make a commitment and stick to it. So um, that's definitely, yeah, adding adding things on, just adding things on to my plate. <laughs> so yeah. my other question is, do you, is it? Do you find it, like, easy to market and stuff on social media, or do you feel like it's kind of challenging? And we kind of just talked about it, but... No, um, I actually feel like, it, for me, it's, it's very, very easy. Okay. Maybe it's because I actually like what I do. Yeah. Uh, so, and I've taken classes on social media monetization and social media marketing, mm-hmm. and I I try to keep myself up to date on things that I can do, you know, on the back end that are going to assist me with reaching the people who are searching for the information um, that I'm giving so that I can serve my purpose and doing that in a very strategic way, um, especially through social media. But I think as having grown up with things like laptops and computers Mm -hmm. and cell phones, it makes it very, very easy for me to understand and to kind of be in this world, even though it is ever changing. But I think that's a part of our upbringing. Things have always been changing and the technology is always shifted very, very quickly. So um, we're used to that shift. We're used to that change. So for me, it is not very difficult, but once again, it's just about learning the strategies and learning the tools and learning the information. Right, right. I think social media for me, um, it's a little, I like, I feel like, so, you know, you're a life coach. That's what you know (laughs) you're doing. And that's what you're like pushing out on your social media page. But for me, like being a a host of a podcast or an audiobook narrator, I feel like mine can go either way because. Like, it can go so many different ways. Like, I can't just pump out one thing on that page. So, I changed, I recently changed it from um, my Instagram, I'll say. I recently changed my Instagram from being a podcast page to being a personal blog because I was like, waste beads season is coming up. And, you know, I sell waste beads too. So, well, mm-hmm. make and sell. Make and sell. Okay. Because I have to put that disclaimer out there because people will be like, wait, you sell them? So, who are you buying them from? No, I make them and I sell them. <laughs> so, my mom and I work together. Right. My mom and I work together to make them and sell them. Um, well, I mainly do the selling. She does a lot of, she does a lot of making. She does more making than I do now. I used to do the majority of the making, but now because I've added all these other things, again, I can't do everything by myself. So, I had to teach her how to make waste beads and she does a lot. Um, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 
I have to pump that out now because even though some people will say there's no such thing as waist beat season, there really is a season, okay? Because <laughs> in the summer, the spring and summer, I can make a good amount of money. In the fall and the winter, um, it's a little shaky. It's almost non-existent. So I don't know what these people are talking about, but I get it. Sure, there's not a season. Yeah, there's seasons for everything. Yeah, yeah. Like I... I get, I, I understand what people are trying to do when they say that because, you know, waist bees are all about uh, becoming in touch with your femininity, accentuating your body, your sensuality, all of that good stuff. And they're trying to, you know, people are, it's kind of like body positivity. Like there's no season for you to be positive about your body, but there really is a season where people are buying more waist beads than other seasons. So we don't have to say that. Like I'm more about like being real. <laughs> I'm going to be a realist. Yeah. And like, I... I want you to love your body in all seasons of the year, but I also want you to understand that there is a season where I will sell out of a, a waist beat strand that you see that you like, and it will not come back onto my rack for at least a year. Because in the summer, every strand that I have, when it gets sold, it's gone. Okay? <laughs> it's gone. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, so, huh? I said, well, business is booming and it's that time of year. So, yeah, yeah, it is. But yeah, so like my page for me, social media can be tricky for me because, but I mean, I look at the analytics and I took, I took one class about um, networking or not networking, marketing on social media. So my husband is on a shift. And he's like, he's a firefighter. He's on shift right now. Normally if he was here, he would be keeping them, but he did some double shifts and the kids are here and <laughs> it's just. Yeah, roll with it, just anything else in life, you know, we roll with it. And yeah. it's always interesting because even like you said with the rescheduling, most people are very, very lenient and we kind of take things, we put ourselves under this sort of pressure, right. you know, so even anything else in life you know we we all first of all we're all here on this journey together there's hardly anything that anyone has experienced that someone else couldn't relate to you know so it's like it's life you know it's life we yeah. roll with it <laughs> it is because we rolling with it because when i put this episode out y'all probably gonna hear these kids in the background because i promise my microphone picks up every single noise like mm -hmm. so but there are people out there who i feel like understand that you know they yeah. understand that and then when they hear someone else when they're like you know what she started her own business or she started her own business she has a podcast um she sells waste bees she has a job she has she's doing audiobooks and she's a mom so a lot of moms and a lot of parents are like dang how am i gonna do this yeah. you know it's not gonna be easy but it shows them when they're listening and viewing someone else's experience okay well yeah there are going to be things that come up and i just roll with it just like anybody else rolls with it and it's possible it's possible for her and it's possible for me too yeah that's so true you're so positive <laughs> but that's so true i guess that's why like you're perfect for being a life coach though because you can think around things like that because you're like well you know? <laughs> yes we can hear kids screaming but there are other people who are out there who are thinking, how can they do that? So, yeah, that's right. So, they're like, you know, how do I do this? Well, this is how and how to do it. Right. <laughs> Just do it with the kids screaming. 
<laughs> so my last question is, what is your favorite thing about being a life coach? My about being a life coach is about really, and I know a lot of people say this, but it's about serving my purpose. Mm-hmm. It is about helping others in the way that I feel like I was helped because a lot of people, a lot of books, a lot of programs have gone into my personal experience and I never knew why, you know, we're always trying to figure out this why. Maybe I haven't figured it out. Maybe I have. And a lot of times we have a lot of, like I talked about in the beginning, we have a lot of personal negative experiences. Mm -hmm. And so, a lot of people ask questions like, why is the universe putting me through this? Or why would why would this be dumped on my plate? I feel like I'm so deserving of love and um, appreciation, but and I don't understand why I'm going through these things. Well, maybe your why you're going through this is so that you can show other people. And that's what I figured out, you know? I've gone through a lot of experiences, a lot of things where I feel like I have been abandoned, abandoned by family members, abandoned by loved ones. I have been betrayed. I have been turned against. I've had my life put in danger. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a to live. Wonder next dollar was going to come from, or where my next meal was going to come from. And when you're going through those situations, you're like, why, why, why? Right. That's and so then true. you get out of it, and you learn how to get out of it you learn how to deal with those situations you deal with those transitions and then when I'm able to do what I do and people are in those same tough spots I'm like look this is how we're gonna this is what I have for you these are the tools that I have for you and this is how you can go about this so it's definitely about taking my experiences and using them to serve a purpose in someone else's life I love that. I love that. You are perfect for this. I love, <laughs> I love that. It's so important, though, to to realize, like, I guess, okay, so I, I'm going to say my one of my affirmations. One of my affirmations mm-hmm. that I say to myself I, just about every day I, is I'm aligning with my true self so that I can share my gifts with the world. And that is, like, mm-hmm. literally what, everything that you just gave me right now. <laughs> so it's so, it, for me, like, it's important to somehow share my gifts with the world so that the world can be a better place. So when I was in the Girl Scouts, my mom was my Girl Scout troop leader. And she always used to, when we would go camping and stuff, she would be like, we always want to leave the earth better than we found it. So don't litter. Don't leave, don't leave your trash on the ground. We're going to clean up this campsite and blah, blah, blah. But like, for me as an adult, that resonates in such a different way. Like, how can I make the world a better place by doing, even if it is by doing the smallest little thing, like having a little podcast where like I'm giving people kind of a a little bit of a platform or whatever, letting people share their stories and being there to listen. Like, even if it is just something like that, in some way, it is going to make the world a better place. And that helps me in a weird way. Mm, mm. But I understand. I understand. And it's the same way for me. It's the same way for you. And I think it's the same way for everyone else. You mm-hmm. know, it's about taking your personal experiences and like that, that process of alchemy, taking that lid and turning it into that gold and uh, being able to go out into the world and use that gold to be able to give that gold to other people, to be able to use it for energy transference, to be able to use it to 
um, you know, purchase other things or have other experiences. So I, I, I definitely understand. I definitely understand. And I think that perhaps that's what we're all here for. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Aaron. Well, look, leave, drop your socials for everybody so they can know where to follow you, where to tune into your lives, and how to get in contact with you. Because I'm sure everybody needs a life coach at some point, okay? <laughs> you know? Okay, well, go ahead and follow me. You can follow me on Instagram. And my uh, handle is Higher Alignment. And Higher is spelled H-I-Y-E-R. It stands for the Holistic Inspiration for Your Empowerment and Revolution. So you can follow me there, Higher Alignment. Um, I go live Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern, and I always have personal development workshops. I talk about how to shift your mindset, um, even a lot of things that we're talking about today, you know, how to develop a mindset where you're able to just look at things from another perspective. I always give what I say, tips, tools, and techniques, so I'm not yeah. just giving general information. I always try to ask self-exploration questions that will guide you through a process i always try to give you exercises and activities and teach you how to do things because i'm a very action oriented type of person and i try to just make sure that everyone who comes to my workshop or anyone who comes to anything that i do that you leave that day with something that you can use and apply in your life in order to create that positive shift or that transformation um so you can go ahead and follow me there uh, on instagram at higher alignment Yes, I love it. And I also love, I always love the um, the interactive questions that you ask because it really does, they are thought provoking and they really do work. So thank you, Aaron, so much for coming on. And also happy birthday. <laughs> yes, my birthday was yesterday, yesterday yeah. so I'm now 31. Woo woo, um, me too, 31 club. Oh, 31. <laughs> so, looking forward in life. All right.